One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just lie back, sit back, lean against a nice wall, and drift off and relax and enjoy it. We do want you to listen and sleep as well. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at listen and sleep i'm your host marco timpano and i'm your co-host nidhi khana marco we received some wonderful feedback from one of our listeners who emailed in to um, say that they enjoyed the episode last episode where we were recording from outside um, because of all the sounds, sort of, yeah, the natural ambiance that they felt we were recording in, and so we're back outside. We're back outside, and this time we have a little friend. I, I'm I'm going to ask that we stay silent for a moment, okay. um, Marco, because I'd like our listeners to help identify this sound. This sound. So it's not a donkey is what I'll say. No, it's not. The sounds that you may have heard in the last episode are the rustling of the trees from a Norwegian maple I have in my backyard, my neighbor's air conditioner coming on, obviously uh, planes overhead, a couple of the kids walking by having fun, cars in the background as well, the odd person on the cell phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and birds. And birds. And so I'm guessing that this sound is coming from a bird. Yes. But if any of our listeners have any idea of what bird this may be. The squawking bird. The squawking bird, yeah. I've never, I don't recall hearing this particular type of bird in the area before. So I'm intrigued. Marco... You have a beautiful, I think uh, you mentioned it was a Norwegian wood? Yeah, it's Norwegian maple. And I know that because I called a arborist in to take a look at the tree because I felt like it was in need of some attention. You can see some of the branches don't have leaves on it. Yes. So this was a couple years back and I was kind of like, I'm concerned about my maple. I love this maple. In the fall, it's 
beautiful orange and red leaves and I want to continue to care for it. So I had this arborist come in and they said, oh, it's a Norwegian maple. And I was like, oh, great, a Norwegian maple. And then he said... Sounds very strong, a Norwegian maple. You know, you'd think. And he's like, oh, it's an invasive species of maple. And then I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's one of the maple trees that sort of um, out... I don't know what the word is, but they sort of like grow faster than our sugar maples or other native species here in Canada and so they can be problematic because they can overcrowd areas where our native species of maple so my love for the tree sort of you know waxed off a bit there when the arborist was kind of like talking about this particular beautiful tree that I I love it's it's what would you say like uh, easily 14 feet high oh, yeah. and uh but then I fell back in love with the, the Norwegian maple, even though it is not a native species. It is quite majestic here with its leaves, and it provides a great deal of uh, cover for us from the sun and the sound of the wind as it wrestles through uh, the leaves. I don't think it's called wrestle through the leaves. It's a rustle. 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 As yeah, rustles through the leaves is always a beautiful sound that we have here in our postage stamp of a backyard in the city of Toronto which we're very happy to have a little bit of space that you can just kind of sit back relax and record as we are right now um what birds are you a fan of or what's the most exotic bird you've ever seen in the wild oh that's a good question Mm. um I'm not a big connoisseur of birds to be quite honest I mean, I've seen the robins and the sparrows. Sure. Um, I've seen a hawk once. Okay. Like hawks. Yeah. Very. Um, I'd love to see an eagle. Oh, I've seen eagles. I've seen bald eagles too. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've seen they them seem the quite majestic. They're large. They're big. Yeah. And they're very sort of like. They take up their space. They're they're they don't seem afraid. You know what I mean? They're very like. I'm an eagle, and I know it. Um, <laughs> Fair. What about um, what about parrots? Have you ever seen a parrot? Before? Not in the wild. No, I wish I have. I've seen. Um, I saw a peacock in the wild. Oh which is yes, weird. yeah. It's I've like seen a, peacocks in yeah, the wild too. It's kind of neat. There was about like nine peacock on the on the roof of a house in Florida. I saw once. They were just wild peacock. <clears throat> They're not native to Florida that I'm aware of, but. I think someone had released a couple of peacock and they bred and there was all these peacocks on a roof top and they're really like their plumage plumage is very beautiful beautiful and big right I want to say that I've seen um, a peacock in India before okay but I think it's a I think it's an Asian yeah I think so too so I think that makes sense Um, and last time I was in London I was um, in uh, Holland Park, and there were peacocks roaming around the park, which makes me think that there's something to do with the royal family, I'm assuming, the royal regal peacock. Well, yes, I would imagine, like, it's, it's such a majestic animal. So the 
Peafowl include two Asiatic bird species, the blue or Indian peafowl, originally of India and Sri Lanka. There we go. And the green peafowl of Myanmar, okay. Indochina, and Java. And one African species, the Congo peafowl, native only to the Congo Basin. Now, Marco, did you know that male peacocks are the ones that have the bright feathers. Yeah, the plumage that you see whenever you see a peacock, even like the NBC peacock is yes. yeah, a male peacock. Yeah, It's the male species of the animals that are brightly colored and have all the fancy detailing because they've got to attract their... Mate. Mate. And so, yeah, I, I did know that. Mm-hmm. That was the only fun fact I have. Oh, I'm peacocks. sorry. I didn't mean to slam that <laughs> no, down, but I okay. did. I did know that that fun peacock fact. Um, I love seeing quail. They're cute quail. little quail. Yeah, yeah. They're cute little animals running around. I've never really. I've, I've eaten quail. I have. I've always feel a little bit bad. Just like ducks. I love. I love seeing waterfowl and ducks in particular. I yeah. love watching them. I think they're such a beautiful bird. Now I did not know that swan. Mm-hmm. were quite an aggressive species oh, yes. uh, and that they uh, if sw- uh, so here in Toronto for example if you yeah. go by the harbor front yes a friend of mine lives by the harbor front and he was saying that um, they will watch uh, to make sure there's not enough there's not too many swans in the water because it signifies um, that there's a big takeover that's about to happen. You've got to be careful with those swan, you know. Everyone <laughs> they're talks so about aggressive that they will kind of um, take up all the uh, food sources for the rest of the, of the waterfowl. waterfowl. You know, geese are supposedly one of the best guard animals you could have in your home. Really? Yes, they're very territorial and they're very aggressive and they're very... Um, they they will not back off if there's an intruder in your home and you have a goose or geese as your protectors they will attack make noise and they will be aggressive and they will like shoo people out like I feel yours. like that's what they do even when they're in the wild <laughs> Well and imagine if you if you train one and you have one as a pet as a domesticated uh, and you know and that guards goose? your home I would love to have geese as my protectors, protectors? yeah really you know, walk around with a flock of geese that just kind of like <laughs> protect you as you stroll it's very through badass dangerous uh, parts of town you know Marco have you ever had a motorcycle no I have my oh it's interesting you should say that I have my motorcycle license but it's about to expire I've got to check when it expires I need to get Renew the next it? yeah I it's a graduated um, license system here in Ontario so right. you get you right to the written test and then you get your then you do a, dri- a driving test and you're allowed to have it for three to five years and then you have to do the, the next test so i don't have a motorcycle license i mean i'm sorry i do have a motorcycle license that i need to ensure doesn't expire i don't have a motorcycle but i drive a scooter with that motorcycle license because i need a motorcycle license to drive my scooter i could drive a motorcycle because i was trained on a motorcycle like on a Harley motorcycle? No, like a little Yamaha-y thing. Like a, I don't even think it was Yamaha. It was like one of those makes you've never heard of, like Mamaha. You're like, well, <laughs> it kind of looks like a Yamaha, but it's not. But, uh, yeah, so I, and I've never, um, I've never 
ridden a motorcycle like on vacation like I've re- I rented scooters and uh, motorbikes but never a proper motorcycle I feel like the motorcycle lifestyle mm-hmm. is almost like this unsaid cult that you become a part of and I don't mean cult in a bad way I know there's a bad like connotation more, more like a word. culture motorcycle culture, culture sure um, so when I was Driving home from Montreal, I took the historical Highway 2, which... For our listeners, is what exactly? Is so you could a take highway between Montreal and Toronto. So you could take the normal highway, which is the Highway 401, which, which is, is the a, expressway. And it's a big sort of freeway. Yep. Multi-lane. It's multi-lane. It's kind of boring. But it gets you there quick. Gets you there quick. That highway happened to be quite congested that day because I was coming home after... A holiday weekend. Okay. And so I took the scenic route, as they say, which is Highway Two. Highway Two, and it's along the water oh. of Lake Ontario. Oh. You go into all the little towns and townships. Townships, and it's quite pleasant and beautiful. Right. And the roads are very windy, right. so you can only really go a hundred maximum. Um, kilometers. kilometers an hour and every so often I would be behind uh, a person in a motor- on a motorcycle right and they would pass another person on a motorcycle and they would do a hand wave and at first I couldn't figure out what they were doing if it was like a secret gesture because every single motorcyclist would signal to the other motorcyclist However, after a few times of this happening, I realized right. that they were just waving to one another. Yeah, it's a sort of special sort of like signal that you give. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Yeah, respect. Um, yeah, we're, we're in this we're in together. Same, yeah. You know, we're in the same sort of um, culture. We, we, we get it kind of thing, right? Exactly. 100 kilometers is about 62 miles for people who are listening from the U.S. Who, oh, yes, that's right. So um, I will say this. Nidhi, have you ever taken a road trip where you're in a different, say, province or, or state or, you know, part of the world, and you see signs that are things you've heard of, you've always heard of, and you're like, oh, it's here. I remember we were in California driving one time, and I saw a sign that said Pismo Beach. And I was like, I've heard of Pismo Beach. Like, I remember it in a song or something, so I was with a bunch of friends. I'm like, we've got to pull over, pull over on this the next you know ramp that says to Pismo Beach and so we went to Pismo Beach and they're like what is it with you and Pismo Beach and I think it was a Bugs Bunny episode that takes Bugs to Pismo Beach I oh, can't recall funny. 100% but we went to Pismo Beach and uh, Pismo Beach is famous for the Pismo Beach clam that I wasn't aware of before the Pismo uh, Beach clam yeah, there's a particular I guess clam in Pismo Beach, California, and I got a chance to sort of take the off-ramp to Pismo Beach, and, uh, you know, there's just so many places, like, even, you know, um, when you're in New York, and you've heard of all these different buildings, and you finally walk by Rockefeller Plaza, or, 
you know, um, just historic, historic buildings. And you're like, oh, that's where it is. And, and seeing those things that you've either seen in books or on television uh, many, many times over and that have a sort of significance. And you're like, I'm here now. And it's always neat to sort of pull over. I remember that feeling a couple of times. Uh, once when I first moved to London, England, and it was such a special experience and time in my life that every iconic landmark was very special to me, whether it was Trafalgar Square or seeing Buckingham Palace or the Tower of London, even though they were very typical landmark and attractions, they were really special to me. I also remember standing in the Roman Forum in Rome for the first time ever and being very moved by the energy that I felt in those ruins. I don't know why. I don't know. And it was only the first time because the second time I went to Rome and stood again in the Colosseum and then the Roman uh, Forum, I didn't have the same feeling. Right. But the first time I did. So go figure. (laughs) I should mention that the Pismo Clam, also known as the Tavella Stultorum, is a species of large edible saltwater clam, a marine bivalve mollusk in the Veneridae, or the Venus clams. It's in that family of clams. Do you like clams, uh, Nadine? I had razor clams recently. In Montreal? No, here in Toronto. Oh, that's right. In Montreal. In that restaurant that you always want me to go to and and that I never go go to. to. There you go. Um, What's the name of that restaurant? The restaurant is one of my favorite restaurants, and it's called Bouillon Bilk. That's right. And, and it, I've been imploring you to go for the last three or four years. And and the funny thing is, Nitty's always in Montreal. She's always heading to see, you know, her hometown. And I'm always like, you've got to go. Please go. Please go. And she's like, I'll go. I'll go. And she never goes. Well, it's funny because when Marco, you first started telling me about Bouillon Bilk, it was uh, sort of just this random place that you had stumbled upon when right. you were in Montreal. And then a few years ago, I was telling my friend in Montreal that, oh, we need to go to Bouillon Bilk. My friend Marco keeps telling me about it. And she was like, oh, you need to make reservations a few weeks in advance for that place. So I don't know if it's still the hottest place in town, but you clearly were ahead of the trend there. There you go. See? But before we got on to oh, this particular razor clams. Right, razor clams. Because that's where I had my razor clams. My so first razor clams. I and had, I loved them. They, so I had it at uh, Bar Isabel here yes. in Toronto. And it was... They were fantastic. I, had, I didn't know what I was going to expect with right. the razor clams. But um, it was just so... I mean, the texture, the flavor, sure. everything was was phenomenal. And do you know really? what a razor clam looks like? It doesn't look like a traditional clam. Do they serve it on the shell, on the half shell? Or was it just like... It was on the half shell, yes. So they're a long, skinny um, shell. Razor clams look kind of like a um, 
straight razor, I guess you would say. Like, you know, the, the old time razors that they sort of like flip open and you can shave with. They're, they're a longer, thinner type of uh, clam or shell for a clam. Yeah. I don't know how we got into clams. I don't you know. Like, so let me ask you this. If we're going to talk about clams, sure. it's very important that we talk about New England clam soup or Manhattan clam soup. Clam, oh, sorry, oh, no, and I chowder. even said chowder. Chowder. I, I Whoa, made the big you mistake. Called I called it, it soup. I meant to say chowder. Um, I have to say New England. And why is that? Because it's, you know, the traditional classic creamy um, chowder. It's, you know what, I'm actually thinking about it, but I can't even... I don't think I've even had Manhattan clam chowder before. Oh, you haven't? Huh? No. Well, my I think I've only ever had New England clam chowder. What's what's the difference? Well, you know, first let me say, um, with regards to um, clam chowders, I am a huge fan of New England clam chowders because not only do I love them, but my my extended family, my wife's family, is from New England, so they make a wicked awesome chowder whether it be seafood or clam. But the New England clam chowder is my favorite. And uh, the more clams and potatoes and creaminess you can have in there, the happier I am. And they put, um, traditionally you get, I think they're called oyster crackers to put on top of the chowder. So I know that in New England clam chowder, you can't have tomatoes. But in the New York or the Manhattan clam chowder, you can. um, Yeah, it's a... Because of the... Because I think the... So the... It's funny because in, I believe, 1939, there was a bill introduced into the Maine legislature that banned tomatoes in their clam chowder. For New England? For like for New England. Okay. Um, but the, the Manhattan clam chowder had more of an Italian um, oh, route to it. And, of course, um, the tomatoes became part of the Manhattan, the Manhattan clam, clam chowder. chowder. Uh, they're both great. I have had Manhattan clam chowder. We'll have to. I'll have to take you out for some Manhattan clam chowder. It's, I would like that. It's. It's. I find it more stewy. Okay. Uh, that makes the sense. The New England clam chowder, sometimes called the Boston clam chowder, yes. is hearty and, and rich creamy. and creamy. Yeah. I love <laughs> having my Boston clam chowder in a bread bowl. Oh, well, yes. So I, in San Francisco, if you go by the pier, right. there is, I forgot the name of this famous... It's in a sourdough bowl. Yes. yes and I know, I, I know exactly, and I've... Have you been there? Yes, and I've had it <laughs> We've there, We've all too. been there, and, um, but I don't remember the name. Oh, it will come to me, probably bef- by after our episodes. Of course. And, and we were just there. Uh, uh, it's got like a one-word title, I can't think, but... We'll find it. Yeah. We'll find it. But you had you had some chowder there in the sourdough. Yes, and it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think clam chowder and chicken pot pie has to be two of my favorite more North American type dishes. 
I love hearty chicken pot pie okay. as well. Or yeah, I mean, I guess chicken pot pie isn't necessarily North American, um, but I particularly enjoy it. Sure, I um, I do like. There's certain certain times of the year where I crave that, and uh, you know. It's nice. It's nice when you have sort of a, a food dish that you can claim as your own or part of your heritage, and you're like, "Oh, that's a that's a go-to for me." What is your go-to dish for your for from a, uh, your Italian roots? Oh, um, that's a great question. I mean, for me, it depends on the season and what's what's available during that season so for example when tomatoes are in season i i will easily whip up a caprese salad with tomato and mozzarella and basil especially if the basil is fresh from the garden oh beautiful um and i also love i mean i love so many dishes but like you know my go-to's i love gnocchi i love um polenta i love a bunch of different things that i i would i would call staples in my household that i make at, during different times of the year like I like I like polenta when it's cold outside that's that's oh, I always have like okay. a, a polenta or a risotto when it's cold outside and uh, those are a couple of my go-tos what about what are your go-tos in Indian cooking yes I love um, palak paneer which is spinach and sort of an Indian cottage cheese that's one of my favorite dishes I also enjoy um, a, a particular dal, like a, a somber dal, which is a South Indian lentil, which is nice and spicy and very um, uh, hearty. And you usually have it with a dosa, which is a South Indian cream of wheat pancake, really. Yum. It's very, very good. So. I enjoy both of those. I enjoy a good chicken curry. Sure. Nothing beats a good chicken curry. I would have to say though, if I was just ordering at a restaurant and they only gave me one choice, I would probably go for the Pollock paneer. So Nidhi, we mentioned both our ethnic background, the food that we go to. Let's talk about the Canadian item or food item that we would go to. Oh Marco, that's an easy one for me because my go-to would have to be poutine. Okay. Of course, whether it is a uh, afternoon or evening fair right. uh, as a, that I would have as a treat or perhaps something at the end of a night at the bar. So it's a good go-to For our listeners food. who don't know what poutine is. Oh, yes. yes. Let me explain what it is. It is French fries with um, cheese, curds. cheese curds and gravy. And it's a specialty of Quebec, really. And there you go. Mine, you know I have a sweet tooth, so for me it would be the butter tart. Ah, the butter tart. The butter tart, tart. yes. A flaky, crispy little tart that is filled with a delicious sweet goo. Sometimes you'll find raisins, sometimes you'll find pecans, and sometimes you won't find either of the two inside. And the restaurant in San Francisco that makes the chowder in the sourdough bowl is Boudin. Yes, it is. Yes. There, there you go. go. I knew it would come to me. Well, a... with that being said, Marco, 
Uh, as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us. And you can tweet us at Listen and Sleep. From my backyard in Toronto, we wish you a pleasant day, afternoon, or evening.